You are listening to Mindful Performances with Teresa Rose. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. For more information or to listen to more episodes, visit TeresaRose.com. Hey there, this is Teresa Rose. Welcome to Mindful Performance. This is a relaunch of the podcast all about how people deliver their best performances. And I am so thrilled that my very first guest in this new relaunch is my very dear friend, colleague, confidant, and resident inspirer of brilliance, David Mann, with a simple message. Hi, David. Well, hello there, Teresa Rose. <laughs> So one of the things that I'm going to make sure I don't do in the microphone today is cackle. I'm going to do my very best to have this be a cackle-free podcast. So be good to me, okay? Okay, I'll try. All right, all right. So mindful performance is all about how people deliver their best performances. And I have seen some uh, amazing performances from you on stage as an actor and you uh, creating amazing performances for others as a director. Uh, You and I have worked together as uh, professional speakers and all sorts of other ways that you have performed throughout your life. Um, Tell me a little bit about uh, what your background is so our listeners can know kind of who you are, but then let's talk about that performance that has just happened this last week. Well, okay, great. Yeah. So I am a messaging and story specialist, uh, helping business owners and lawyers craft stories for impact, which means it's about wording that reaches an audience. And those audiences can be all different all over the place. But this comes from my uh, background in theater as an actor and director and playwright where you are combining words uh, with an event where people are sitting right in front of you and you know you have to make that audience sort of take notice and you can feel it viscerally when you're in a theater if you're on a stage, whether you're connecting or not connecting. So all the years that I've spent with other people's scripts as well as my own scripts, um, that has really, really become what I'm focused on to help people do that outside of the realm of theater. Okay. And so you are a, uh, a massage therapist for words. <laughs> yeah, I guess that would be <laughs> one way to look at it. Sure. So, uh, so you bring all this, this depth and breadth of expertise as, uh, as, as someone who utilizes messaging for the greatest impact. And now, just this last week, uh, something amazing is, is happening and you're finding a, a kind of a new way of expressing that brilliance and that performance. Tell me a little bit about what happened this week. Yeah, so this week, this last couple of weeks, I've decided to really up my game online because I've, as you know, <laughs> um, you know, I've, I've, I've been such a live presence in the room with uh, speaking engagements and things like that, that I've kind of let the social media thing uh, go to the back burner. So I decided to just really put a lot more muscle behind that. And one day, uh, you know, in a series of posts that I was kind of posting about this and that, um, and then the George Floyd murder happened. And so I had some things to say about that because it happened in, you know, our hometown of Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. I had some things to say about how that narrative was being crafted, uh, not correctly, in my opinion, by the powers that be. 
And so I thought, well, this is a lesson in narrative creation and we're in the moment of the narrative being created. So it's either going to go one direction or the other direction. And however the narrative is created is what people will carry forward as the message and which eventually becomes action. So I thought all of this is really completely in my wheelhouse. And um, then, as you remember, you and I were talking the night before I did this, um, it seemed like a, a, a Trump gave that speech uh, uh, where he sort of said, mobilize the forces, you know, in the streets, mm-hmm. which was really incendiary and people had a big reaction to it. Yeah. And I hadn't actually seen it in real time. So I, I watched it the next morning and I thought, as you and I had talked about, uh, it, what would be interesting is to break this speech down as a piece of rhetoric and go, what is he actually doing with this speech? He and his speechwriters, what are they doing with the words here right. to create a particular effect in the audience and to move the audience to a particular type of action? So in other words, the type of thing I work on all the time and have for years, right? lawyers doing opening statements, people doing keynotes, as well as marketing campaigns for companies that have to do exactly this very thing. But all of a sudden we have the president of the United States doing it in a way that is potentially creating an incredibly dangerous situation for the citizens of the country. And I thought, well, let's just break this down and see what he's doing. Now, I honestly thought five people would read this thing and that would be the end of it. And I'd be one of them. It's, yeah, I thought this is way too detailed. It's so, so kind of like academic. I wasn't going to kind of rein myself in in terms of how long to make this post. I was like, I'm just going to write this, whatever. No one's going to read it anyway, but I'll put it out there because I thought it'll be interesting. So I broke down his six-minute, 45-second speech into the various parts of uh, the time as it was passing and what he was doing with each sort of minute or, or fragment of a minute and how he created a narrative within the speech and created a protagonist and antagonist within the speech to get people sold on a very, very extreme idea by the end of six minutes. Right. I mean, right. it was the ultimate sales pitch for something that no one went into that thinking, well, what I think we should have is, you know, military marching in the streets. But six minutes later, though a lot of people, you know, of course, refused and rebelled against it, I'm sure that there were people going, uh-huh, that sounds about right, because of the way he used the narrative and the words. So when I broke all that down, posted it, it instantly started to get shared, and then more shares and more shares, and right now we're up to almost 900 shares in, in less than a week. That's so amazing. And it sounds like you have tapped into the the notion that there's the marketing of this movement, the marketing of the election, the marketing of where our country is going. It's like, how are the various factions taking what, you know, what they want to sell and, and packaging it around the words. And so you're deconstructing what the current administration's marketing strategy is. Yeah, and that's what people are responding to. They're, they're saying, wow, thank you for kind of showing us behind the curtain. And this speech was particular, this is unusual for Trump because he usually just kind of talks off the top of his head mm-hmm. and it's incoherent, it's rambling, it's all over the place, which I will do another post on someday 
soon about how that actually works for him too. Um, but this one was really tight. I mean, he was reading it. So he was, he was sort of working with whatever the speech writers had put together as a path through this speech to make it have the maximum impact in the shortest amount of time. So yeah, I, I was fascinated with this because this act of doing this is immensely powerful, partic particularly in his, from his platform. And right. those people know what they're doing. Even well, if he doesn't always, they know what they're doing. He's executing the, uh, the instructions on, yeah. on how to deliver a performance as intentionally as possible. So he was very intentional about where the setting, right? The setting and the props uh, being yeah, right, a, right. You know, a Bible in the hand and, and uh, all of the various aspects of how do we deliver something as we think about those. This didn't happen on the Rose uh, Garden on the way to the helicopter. This was a, you know, a, a staged event. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, what I want to look at about that is, okay, so what can we learn about that? How can we be more deliberate about what we put out there to the world because boy oh boy the, the you know our social media posts are just there's there's so much noise there's so much narrative there's so many different people telling their stories how can we add to it in a more conscious way how can we own our own words in a better way yeah uh, that's what i was sort of intending to do generally as i kind of led with here I thought I want to I want to have more of more of a voice in the conversation, and um, so I thought to myself, well, what do I really know how to do well? And again, this is this is how it became a mindful performance thing. As I thought, I I'm not going to just add to the noise, like you say. I want to mm -hmm. do something that matters, and the only way to do something that's going to matter that people are going to respond to is if it's authentic to me, if it really comes directly from something I care about. And I'm not doing it to get some kind of result for myself. I mean, I was not, I, I honestly did not post that thing thinking I'm going to get a big result out of it. I didn't, I didn't, it's not that I didn't care, but I didn't, I didn't have that intention at all. I just wanted to do it because I wanted to do it. I found it interesting. I thought three or four other people might. And that is this tale as old as time is mm -hmm. if you genuinely think something is interesting and then put all of your effort into uh, you know, letting, uh, letting, uh, sharing that with other people, genuinely sharing it, hey, I think this is interesting and I'm going to put it out there, the chances are really high that there, people are going to respond because it came so directly from your real being. And that I kind of in retrospect, realized that's what I was doing. <laughs> right. I thought, you know, I've spent, as you know, better than anybody, I've spent 10 years, 15 years, you know, in moving away, sort of away from my theater roots into the business world. And many, many times have felt that I'm pretty inauthentic. I've felt like, well, I'm just doing this for the money. And I think this is what they probably want to hear. I, you know, I think a lot of us can err on that side. And um, I have to keep reminding myself, just do the things that are interesting to you and, and speak the truth that you know is your own truth and the right other people will listen. Mm -hmm. meaning, not, not the, I mean, meaning the people that, sh that you're going to connect to, they're going to come around and they're going to go, yes, I hear you. And that's but what I happened. 
But I think one of the things to what, as I've observed, because you and I were texting each other, I was probably checking your Facebook page more than you were when yeah, I started. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I said, you know, dude, this is going viral. You know, I could see it happening and it was exciting and continues to be exciting because it's not just that one post. Now you've really got some mojo going because people are noticing that voice that you have now created, you know, you you are holding that space. But one of the things that I uh, uh, know, noticed about your performance in that way was it wasn't just coming from passion and it wasn't just coming from authenticity, which are both really important things, but it also came from your thoughtfulness in at 2.15, this is what he said, and this is what it oh, right. is, and this is what it meant. And there's, I, I, I feel like the power of, of your message landed because the, the reader could, uh, could see with crystal clarity that you were breaking something down logically and that you were being thoughtful about it and that you were really paying attention. You know, it wasn't coming from purely an emotional, I, I feel right. like I, my voice needs to be heard, but right. you engaged your mind to say, now let's break this down and, 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 and see exactly what's underneath all of those emotions in a very uh, logical way. Yeah, that's a, yeah, I'm glad you made that, that distinction because that, I do think that's the strength of that. And I intend to do, I'm probably going to do this early this week is another one of those breakdowns of Al uh, Sharpton's um, eulogy to George Floyd, which I thought was an amazing speech. And, and I do find that, yeah, when I pull myself out of the focus, I mean, I'm still present and I'm still saying, well, here's, I'm sort of directing the, the view, the reader's attention to things. So I'm, you know, driving that but I'm not making it about me at all. I'm really not, it's really not, that's a really good distinction to make because I think that we're just so exhausted with everybody having an opinion about everything. Yeah. And if we can can use our skills to um, help illuminate the larger picture for people rather than just draw the attention to ourselves all the time. Right. paradoxically, you actually get people paying more attention to you because they, they see you as a source of, of uh, illumination of something else. This is what I tell, uh, this is similar to what I tell the lawyers. The lawyers that I work with who are doing uh, opening statements, can, especially younger lawyers, can err on the side of making the case about them and mm-hmm. their, uh, you know, look, I'm going uh, I'm gonna to show you everything and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, I, I want to win, I want to win, I want to win. It's kind of what they're reading in the subtext. And I say, no, be the guide for the jury. There is the jury and there is the story of the case. You are nothing more than a facilitator of putting those two things together. And when you can do that and occupy that position with integrity between the audience and the story, that's the, the, the best position to be in. So let's talk about then all of these people that are in uh, our, you know, business of professional services, uh, really any business at all, because the economy right now is being, you know, um, dramatically impacted by what's going yeah. on with everything. Uh, and, uh, you know, the locusts are coming shortly. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and, and what I'm seeing out there uh, in, 
LinkedIn and all the other ways that people are trying to, to, to drum up business is there's either the one side of, uh, and now I've got a new online course and I've got of this yeah. and I've got of that, of the I, I, I. And then we also have a swing of the other way, which is how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? And I'm talking to clients that have said, I'm, and they just tell me, frankly, I'm sick and tired of a bunch of people calling me and saying, how can I help when there's no answer to that? Unless there's something specific, right? That you can do. So how can people not swing from one to the other of me, me, me to just sort of a blanket open statement of how can I help? What can they do in this time to really harness their, their brilliance, harness their passions, harness what they can do to contribute specifically? What, what are some of the things they can ask themselves to get to that point? Well, you know, I, I'll just use myself as an example of this or example of what my answer to that would be, which is we're in such a crazy time and everybody is uh, looking for how, you know, they're, they're in survival mode, survival panic mode. Yeah. So everybody's energy is all about themselves and kind of by necessity. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's important to really ask yourself, um, I, I guess I'm speaking more particularly on a business level, ask yourself, am I going to be okay and can I just, can I survive for a little while? Can I survive for the next several months? Can I, can I take my foot off the accelerator a little bit, take my foot off the panic button, you know, mm-hmm. and go, can, can I use this time differently? Can I use this time to build my skills, build my knowledge, um, build out like who I am personally? So that when things begin to return to something resembling normal, though I'm not sure we're ever going to get back to all the way to normal in hopefully four or five months, that you've actually used this time to strengthen yourself so that you can better serve then rather than, than panic right now and go like, I got to get business, I got to get business, I blah, 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 and then yeah. it's all kind of a bunch of lies and noise. I mean, like... Do you, you got to ask yourself, do you really want to help or do you want their business and want their money? Yes. And it's like, you probably want their business and want their money. And you're saying you're framing it as I want to help. Right. And that's why everybody's so sick and tired of it because it's kind of really not true. So again, to the shorter version of that is just, um, ask yourself if you can survive for a while without a huge influx of business and then use that time to strengthen what you have to offer in the future. Right. Okay. So strengthening what you have to offer, you have it professionally, you have it personally. Professionally, it's, it, you know, there, there's a, a calculus to that. You know, there's the, the, the beautiful intersection of what you're passionate about and what has economic value and what you're an expert in, right? Which, yeah. which you clearly have put your fingers on the pulse of, especially now. I, I am not so quietly hoping that uh, certain administrations and campaigns uh, find you uh, and, and, and utilize <laughs> yeah. your brilliance. But uh, let's talk about kind of personal, you know, personal uh, strategies, personal approaches to, to getting through all this. Like what, what are you doing other than, uh, you know, having, I don't know, ratatouille and 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 (laughs) yeah booze uh what else what else is on your on your roster of things that you do to have the energy to do all the things that we've been talking about 
Well, I'm, uh, as you know, I've, I've uh, moved into a new house um, about a year and a half ago and uh, have spent n- almost no time making the house into a home for myself mm-hmm. and my two boys who are here half the time. And so that, though in the short term feels like, oh, I got bigger fish to fry and more important stuff to do and I got to run, I got to go, I got to go and, you know over time it really starts to wear you out that you that your home isn't really a home mm-hmm. and then that begins to drain your energy so yeah. i'm trying to use this time like i as you know i just painted the entire upstairs by myself in the past couple of days cuz trying to enlist the kids to help is just more work so i just <laughs> myself um so that was and then i've put a fire pit in the backyard and uh you know got my little pond thing working these are all things i never in a million years would have put on top of the list of priorities if i've got some you know client to chase yeah so uh so i thought you know in a way this is one of the sil- one of the silver linings to the covid uh period that we're in now is that everything is so shut down that you don't even have to worry that you're missing out on something, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, right, right. So look, I can kind of go to half time and it's going to be just fine, you know? Yeah. So that other half of the time is building the home mm-hmm. and continuing to build my exercise regimen and stuff and in finally incorporating yoga into it, which has been really great. Nice. And incorporating rest time. Yeah. Because I have a tendency to go, well, let's just – more is better on the exercise. And you find like, especially as you age, that it isn't. Right, right. <laughs> it actually rests sometimes, you know? Yes, exactly. I so did the same thing. I did the same thing last night. I really wanted to be in front of a screen just to numb out and watch something entertaining and escapist. But then my body was saying, you belong on the yoga mat. Get on the yeah. yoga mat. <laughs> right, right. So it was that, uh, that perennial uh, uh dialogue between the angel and the devil on your shoulder, you know, the fat angel (laughs) or the fat devil and the thin, you know, flexible angel. Uh, So uh, with our last question, uh, I just want to kind of to give you the opportunity to share what do you think in this time of just, we don't, you know, science fiction meets reality of mm-hmm. where we are in our culture and in our communities and in the world. Um, as all of that of being intentional about your words, what what can people do to help themselves today to be more intentional about the messages and have their message be simplified? How can they acting on on that today? What can they do to start affecting positive change based on what you teach them with a simple message? Well, uh, what I teach with simple message is it's not just the words, it's the concept behind the words. So the thing that people can do right now is take a look at their, if we're talking about their business, you Mm -hmm. know, um, take a look at your business and the messaging for your business. Is there a strong concept that is easy to understand for people behind who you are and why your business is essential? And if you ask yourself, uh, no, or ask other people, then they say, I'm not really sure what you do. I'm not really sure why it matters now. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. then that means that there's something off in the identity of your business. And what I firmly believe is that every business has its own unique identity but that identity is usually not clear enough to be expressed in words 
And so those, the words that are used to express that company are really generic and watered down and have no impact and stuff like that. So that what people can do right now, take a look at your company's messaging and honestly ask yourself, if I had no idea who this company is or what they did, would I understand it and would I want to take action? And that's the first step. So actually looking at what you've put out there. And, and be honest with yourself because people look at their own messaging and go, yeah, yeah, it's clear. <laughs> and it's like, well, it's clear to you because it's your business. Of course, it's clear to you. Right. It's, you have to do an act of imagination where you go, let's pretend I didn't know anything about this company. Uh-huh, let's pretend uh-huh. I'm coming to it for the first time with nothing more than just a little bit of curiosity. Yeah. Let's pretend yeah. I'm one of my best, cli- my best potential clients that isn't signed on yet, that doesn't already know everything. This is weird. When I talk to people about their clients, they immediately, or their prospective clients, they immediately assume everybody already knows all about them and loves them. So all they got to do, <laughs> now they got to jump right into like the minutia of the details of all the services we offer because you already love, well, no, there's a whole step first. You got to date board. them first. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and it, it, to kind of circle this back, that's what I analyzed in Trump's speech which with his huge ask of the nation. I was like, he, he can't just come out and say, I know you already want this and here it is, or his speechwriters knew this. You have to get people on board slowly first and ask yourself about your own messaging. Is it, is it, is it coming to people and giving them just a, a, enough they can understand in a short time so that they're interested in going to the next short time? I sometimes use Chris Voss. Chris Voss is an author who's uh, used to be an FBI negotiator, uh, a hostage negotiator. Yes. Um, he says seven seconds. You got seven seconds to make an impact so that they'll listen for the next seven seconds. Yeah. And yeah. then they might listen for 20 and then they might listen for 30, but you have to keep re-upping people's attention and ask yourself that about your own messaging. Is it accomplishing that or not? And if it isn't, it needs to especially now. And, and, and not only is it accomplishing it, but is it, is it uh, for the times? Is it yeah. resonant now? I just did that recently. I went to, uh, I did the, the old website revamp project. Uh, once again, you know, the painful website redesign. And uh, thankfully, it wasn't as much of a redesign because I had just done it uh, again uh, last year. But I, I scrubbed it for relevance uh, for, for today. And, uh, and, you know, had, had to change some things, right? Had to modify yeah. based on our new reality that there aren't people being hired to be on stages. And, and I'm not, you know, working on uh, doing crystallization coaching anymore. I'm doing, you know, work with the C-suite network in the thought leadership realm. So there's all these parts that I thought, oh, no, it's so much work. I think that's part of the resistance, don't you? Is just frankly, it's oh, just yes. it's just hard. Oh my God! I mean, it's it, yeah. Nobody wants to actually, you know, expend energy, right? <laughs> Do, doing, I mean, you know, I mean, human beings are need to conserve their energy. I mean, this is a very, very real thing. Human, you know, the the kind of flip way to say it is people are lazy. But the, the, the truth is we are human beings don't like to burn off extra energy if we don't need to. You want to conserve it. And right now, we're in a particularly 
crisis t- level of survival and conserve energy. Yeah. So anything that seems like it's going to be extra effort, our whole kind of intuitive primal system goes, no, don't do extra energy on anything. Right. Um, but you do have to do a little. And I, I think that sometimes it's best to look at it as just take one little bite at a time. You don't have to overhaul everything. You mm-hmm. don't have to start all over again all the time. You just need to look at, uh, the easiest way to look at it is when clients come to your website or whatever the first encounter with you is, LinkedIn sometimes profile. it's websites, sometimes it's, yeah, sometimes it's social media profiles. Sometimes it's, uh, it used to be, you know, trade shows yep. um, or referrals or something, something that's in person, whatever, whatever typically is the first way they encounter you mm-hmm. go to that thing and go now can I adjust this first layer to be, to speak more about the time we're in and to speak more clearly and simply with a message that reflects the core identity of this company and Mm -hmm. just look at that first layer. Maybe it's the homepage on your website or your LinkedIn profile. Like you say, that's something you can fix in a relatively short amount of time. You don't have to go, Oh my God, my entire website has to be redone. Right. That sounds like a mountain you're never going to climb. So right. just do a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, you can do that. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, and, and it's, it's necessary. I mean, to stay competitive right now, if we rely on what we did three months ago, it's like what we did 30 years ago. It doesn't right. even, yeah, it's, it's very, not yeah. even relevant anymore. Well, David, thank you so much. I want you to come back again once, uh, once we have more wonderful things to share about your brilliance and how you're affecting the narrative out there in the world and, and, uh, and doing your part to have everyone utilize a simple message to gain powerful results. Well, how can people you. find you? Tell us how we can find you. Go to my website, a simple message.com that's a simple message.com uh or linkedin or facebook uh both of which you can find easily david mann and my my professional uh facebook page is now simple message just put in simple mess i got that believe it or not got that name <laughs> simple, simple message, message. facebook.com slash simple message see that yep. tells you something about uh, about the marketing in the world is that there's too much noise there's too much noise we need to get simpler so we can resonate and get 888 shares that's right all right thank you so much david take care everyone and make it a wonderful day bye-bye if you liked what you've just heard then go ahead and like, subscribe, and share. Visit TeresaRose.com to listen to more episodes of Mindful Performances with Teresa Rose on the C-Suite Radio Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.